you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to a very special edition of Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza. And joining me, as he often does, is renowned spiritual teacher, G.P. Walsh. Now, G.P. is a regular contributor to the show, and we have had a lot of fun on this show. We have some pretty wild topics, and we've got another really fun, really broad one in store for you all today. And we never know where we're going to go. And that's a beautiful thing. All right, GP, welcome back. It's great to have you. Hey, Tomas, great to be here. Yes, let's see what happens today. Yeah, we're going to see what happens today and where this leads us. And just by way of starting out, GP, as we were talking a moment ago, you're hard at work on several different projects that I think are going to play in to today's discussion, because I've had a number of people come to me and want to talk about accepting allowing and receiving. And it seems like there's a lot of emphasis out there in the spiritual community on that and a lot of seeming confusion about what that actually involves. I thought we'd start with that today. Sure, sure. It's not seeming confusion. It's actual confusion. Because right? <laughs> um, we, we simply don't know where to put a stake in the ground right now. You know, when you live in a in a world where all of the um, the cultural and social institutions that had given us stability have proven to be obsolete, they've worn out. You know, uh, you know, uh, the Abrahamic religions are basically you know the science of the Bronze Age. You know, right. attempting to uh, to to fit that square peg into the round hole of our of our modern technological world. Yeah. Um, is that they provide absolutely no uh, comfort, they provide no meaning, they provide no guidance. And so we, we really deteriorated down to the point where people are very confused. They're confused about who they are, where their role is, what's the future going to hold. Um, we're confused about the relationships between the genders, we're relationships with ourselves. Um, and this is a very real state of affairs. It, it's not it's not an accident it's not a mistake um and there's no way to go back to the way it was right mm. you know the idea of making america great again as if there was some time when it was um is returning to some kind of an, an ideal a mythological or ideological I, I, ideal that was never even true at the time <laughs> right? right but yeah. We believed it, it was institutionalized, and therefore it did bring us some degree of stability, mm -hmm. um, as all beliefs do. They don't have to be true, they just have to be believed on a large enough scale that we organize around them, and then we feel safe, right? Yes. And it, and it, and it, and it works. 
Um, you know, so you know, social stability and the search for truth are not the same thing. As a matter of fact, they're often very much at odds at each other. And so, in the it, 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 there's always been um, as part of spirituality, whether that be uh, <coughs> excuse me, whether that be like your traditional religious point of view, or or a more uh, you know ephemeral spiritual point of view. Um, there's always been at the heart of this a certain kind of surrender, a certain kind of letting go. Right? The metaphor has uh, often been used of, of a death, an ego death, or a, or a, a, a spiritual death of, of some sort, which is really a, a myth mythological device to where you get to the point where you run out of moves, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And you have no choice but to simply just re surrender yourself to the moment, right? There's no way forward. There's no way back. All the doors and the windows are closed uh, and shuttered. <laughs> yes. And uh, there's nothing you could do. And in a moment like that, which is, for the human being, the most terrifying moment there is. Mm -hmm. You can't run. You can't fight. You can't do anything. Um, and so all of our normal reactive patterns are just sitting there on hold. Right. And, and when that happens... And, and, you know, if you extrapolate a little bit, you can see that's exactly what's happening to the world as a whole. Okay. When, that ha when that happens, um, something m magical has the potential for happening. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And that's that magic moment of surrender that is referred to in countless spiritual revelations. And, you know, I mean, in every tradition, right? Yeah. This happens to somebody, right? It happened to me. <laughs> exactly, and it was exactly that completely run out of moves and i was just at the wit's end i wanted to die and boom something just went click something genuinely surrendered right now mm -hmm. the the downside of this is like everything else is that we hear about these things and then we try to turn it into some kind of process now i'm now i'm going to surrender <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. We had the, the way to surrender, and I'm going. To, there's emotional release techniques, and there's, you know, uh, all of these kinds of things. Oh, yeah. I'm really going to let go now, and just and just allow. Um, but all of those still have underneath that that motivation to 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 get something. Right. Yes. You know, the ego wants to survive the journey. <laughs> oh, it most definitely does. It'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> to anything mm -hmm. to survive. That It says, okay, I'll surrender. Just uh, am I still going to get what I want? <laughs> Which, of course, is not surrender at all. No. And so what's really amazing about it, and I'll get more into allowing and some of the processes by which you sure. can come to that point in a bit, but yeah. what, what, what's really uh, amazing about it is that you, you can't trick the universe, you can't con it, you can't appear to be surrendering, and yeah, we can't do it for ourselves. You simply can't. You simply mm -hmm. will not do it. The body won't let you do it, the mind won't let you do it, right? It won't willingly give up, right? Mm -hmm. Until it That's absolutely right. has to, right? I, I think a beautiful illustration of this, if you've ever seen some of the, uh, some of the nature films where the cheetah or the tiger or something, yeah. You know, catches that gazelle mm -hmm. right you know and then she's you know he or she is leapt upon by five others you know that are about to enjoy their dinner and you see it struggling doing everything it can do it can take it away and then all of a sudden it just stops 
and just lays there. It's still alive, but you can just see it just said, okay, it just surrendered to its own demise. And there's just this tranquility around him, around it, right? Yes. Now, animals don't have egos, right? So even then, the ego will be arguing for itself. Oh, of course. <laughs> in human beings. Uh, until that point at which circumstances, the, 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 the benevolence of life that does not appear to be benevolent, right, just sticks you someplace and just doesn't let you out uh, until the transformation happens, like being you know, the caterpillar in the cocoon. There's just no way out, right? Yeah. Uh, until until life until life has fulfilled its purpose, and this is this is the heart and soul of, of all spirituality. This is actually the heart and soul of of the teachings of Christ, which are not taught in any church in the United States. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is this is the true resurrection, right? Because without that complete death of my own self-interest, the resurrection into spiritual life can't happen. I will be trying to perpetuate that which was never me in the first place. And even after uh, one of these experiences happened, the, the programming and the conditioning runs so deeply in us that it will continue. It will now come back and be a spiritual person. Mm. I'm the spiritual guy now, right? And start talking softer. And, <laughs> you know, I oh, meditate yeah. four hours a day, and oh. you know, you know, I'm holding my crystals and the like. Um, so, it, it, the, oh my, it's so crafty. The, where the ego could just keep recreating itself over and over and over again, until finally, you know, the, the the aspirant becomes strong enough and wise enough, and this takes time yes. to be able to, to be able to uh, circumvent all of those, all of those various uh, shenanigans of the, <laughs> of the ego and finally be free of it. Now, in the meantime, it's not like it's an all or nothing game, right? Right. <laughs> you know, yes. Life is far more benevolent than that. Mm -hmm. right? yeah, because matter of fact, nobody can do this. Nobody can just Okay, I'm going to surrender now, right? <laughs> yeah, if only it were that easy, that'd be great. <laughs> if, if only it were that easy. No, yeah. it, it takes wisdom, it takes time, it takes patience. Many iterations of surrender at various levels, right? Yeah. Before the moment comes of the, of the big one, the total surrender of your human life, right? Mm. With absolutely no idea what's going to happen next. And holding on to absolutely nothing. I mean that is the spiritual ideal that's held up, right? Yes. And, but but of but of course that's there. We're here. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, you've got all the ascended masters, the Buddhas, and Saint Germain, and Christ, and all these all yeah. all these figures uh, figures and stuff. It's like the the gulf between us is like, oh my god. <laughs> no. Right. Yes. <laughs> no way. There's just no way I'm going to get there. Um, so in, 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 in mercifully, there's all sorts of various kinds of practices and techniques and teachings that help prepare the system for that. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the biggest things I, I noticed um, in my spiritual awakening and, and the initial part of my spiritual education came before 
the internet before information yes. universally available. Um, and, and so I was just kind of whatever I could get from books, whatever I had, which were not many at that time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, piecing, uh, piecing all of this together. So it was clear, uh, just from what I had gleaned from the traditions that there was a preparation of heart there, that this was not something you just dove into, right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff that went on in monasteries and ashrams and traditionally in, in India, you trained for 12 years before the master even began to talk to you about this stuff. Okay. <laughs> all, all sorts of preparation, which I didn't understand uh, at the time. I understood that. And then uh, shortly a a after that, because I put myself through just rigorous self-discipline and okay. austerities and, and that, that sort of stuff. To, uh, I mean, I didn't have access to a master, you know, in this mm. town in Illinois, right? You know, the gotcha. local priest or preacher, that was about it. Okay. Um, um, and I knew more than they did, right? <laughs> so, but so later on, you know, this whole energy, the whole consciousness movement, the self-help movement in the mm -hmm. 80s, just, you know, yeah. Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, this thing really began to explode, and including the uh, Course in Miracles, which you teach, which was mm -hmm. published yes. in 76. Right. That was in the, the 80s where it started to, the roll, the ball, that whole period of time, yeah. all of this stuff started really uh, exploding on, onto the scene. And so now uh, that, and then the advent of the internet, mm. just an enormous amount of information available at your, at your fingertips. And this idea got into pop, the popular culture that it was just kind of a thing, oh, you learned it and you got it. The whole idea of needing to prepare your entire body and soul for this journey got lost. Mm -hmm. And um, I got wrapped up into it a bit myself. <laughs> I have to, sure. I, I, I have to say it's certainly more attractive than, you know, 30 years sitting on a cushion, <laughs> um, you know, um, but it, it, but ultimately it, it, it is empty. It was a lot of information, but very little in the way of, of, of teaching or training. Um, and it's one of the things that I, I sought to rectify when I created in a reconciliation process that I, that I go through, I began to recognize that this level of surrender that results in that final enlightenment was not something that you just that that while it was something that you really can't say when or how it's going to happen you know when that when that little magic thing is going to happen mm -hmm. but you can certainly prepare yourself so you are ready for it when it does yes so that it, it doesn't become a, a a ping pong where you kind of you, you know you're you're walking in bliss you're 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 drowning in sorrow right which mm -hmm. for many people it it ha it's that's exactly what's happened. They've had these peak experiences yes. because they've been in a retreat that's been beautifully crafted to make take away all the triggers so they can have this experience. And then they go back to their regular life and they suffer even more mm -hmm. because there's a complete disconnect between these two worlds. And it's a very long winded way of getting around <laughs> your question of things, the practices of allowing mm -hmm. of receptiveness and and openness and i need to put it in this context because if it's not in this context it gets interpreted as um okay i'm going to be receptive and open and allowing and then i'm going to get what i want 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> and so it becomes another way to try to cleverly con the universe, which is just, I'm sorry, give it up. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't fool the universe. Mm -hmm. um, so instead, it needs to be turned in a different direction. It's not that this idea of, of becoming receptive and open and allowing uh, isn't valid. It is. Right? It's not always valid looking at the outside. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now that should not be allowed. They are not acceptable, right? Yes. <laughs> and oh, I yeah. will not be receptive to them. Mm -hmm. So it, it isn't that kind. It's not a, 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 how you disport yourself in the world. It's your relationship with yourself. What in you are you willing to allow? And what we find is that the, the cause of our suffering, and I maintain it's the cause of all of our suffering, is our, is our disconnection from ourselves, from our souls. Yes. I will not yes. allow myself to feel. And, you know, in inner reconciliation and all the trainings I do, I go into great detail as to how that happened the kind of the traumatic events that took place that made this disconnect take place that created the egoic mind created all these habitual patterns that as adults that were that helped us survive as children but made us make us dysfunctional as adults Absolutely. Uh, and, and and it's and there it's nobody's fault it's it's part of the natural process of living and the incredibly powerful adaptive uh prowess of the of the of the nervous system mm -hmm. But without consciousness intervening, coming to a place of discrimination where we can actually watch what's happening, I become my conditioning. I'm identified with my conditioning. And now I become somebody I'm not. I get lost in just the auton automaton, the, the robotic functioning of the whole, of the whole energy system. Yeah. And and therein I lose myself, and the first step to the recovering of that, to the to to the reconnecting with the reality of you, your soul, your pure innocent or original innocence, is to listen to yourself, mm -hmm. to stop the internal battle. As a matter of fact, stop self help. <laughs> While we're at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, this oh. does not make me popular on, <laughs> in a lot of places. No, no. Right? But well, that's all right. But, <laughs> but self-help is the business of fixing. It's well-intentioned. Mm -hmm. And there are actually some very good techniques to be used. But it's not in the business of helping you know who you are. It assumes you're broke and needs yes. to be fixed. Exactly. And then a million different ways in which you can be fixed. And, um, and none of them work. Most of them don't work at all. And a few will work for a little bit for a little bit. And then we're off because they don't get down to the heart of you. Yeah. Right? It, you're still just basically trimming the trees and it's and, and it's producing nasty fruit you, know, you can pull off the fruit, it's just going to produce more, you got to get to the roots. Mm -hmm. And the roots like any tree, lie out of sight <laughs> they are deeply hidden under under underground <laughs> and you only know they're there because there's a tree and it's producing fruit and you can only know the quality of those roots by the quality of the fruit and so it becomes quite a fascinating 
um, exploration into the a world that you cannot see directly. Mm -hmm. You can only see by the effect it has on other things. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you know, listeners out there, GP created the program called Inner Reconciliation that we're talking about. And well, let's back up just a moment to self-help and the fact that it has a different premise and, and your lack of popularity and mine in certain circles. <laughs> um, just we have to throw in there. You're not alone. Yeah. So um, what, what do you do when, when people are inquiring about inner reconciliation? They're inquiring about working with you. And mm -hmm. how, how do you approach chronic self-helpers? for lack of a better term. Well, wow, it, it depends on the person, right? Um, now, the first thing is, if they have approached me, mm -hmm. uh, they're already suspect, they're already suspicious. <laughs> right? Yes. You know, and I've had some people saying, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years, and I, I'm not much further along than I was, right? <laughs> you know, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, other times, um, you know, maybe somebody will hear me hear me speak about something. And because I understand the mentality of self-help, I understand why it works. Yeah, but I also yeah. understand the, 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 the area underneath that it's not getting to. Oftentimes people right then can see uh, that there's another level there that uh, a self-help technique simply can't get there. Mm -hmm. Its premise yeah. won't allow it to, right? I mean, when you start from the present pre premise that there is nothing wrong with you at all, you just don't know who you are. You've mistaken who you're not for who you are. Yeah. And the only thing self-help does is try to improve who you're not. Right. Yes. <laughs> and make you richer. <laughs> well, Maybe. There, oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that's the that. only problem, right? Yeah. The only problem is I don't have, I don't, I don't have enough money. That's right? the only one. I'll spot you at 20. <laughs> Will that work? Spot me through. <laughs> <laughs> that can almost get me a latte in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, just about, just about. Yeah. Just about. But if you're listening from San Francisco, that won't buy you a latte. We're sorry. And New York. No. Yeah. Sorry. No. Sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry. Mm -hmm. And Omaha, but unfortunately, they don't have latte. <laughs> you can get a <laughs> get a coffee, a cup of coffee in a Bismarck. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and it doesn't cost 20 bucks, I'm sure. No, no, not at all. A couple bucks with free refills. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, with gourmet coffee, I, I guess they really couldn't um, justify free refills on some uh, expensive beans, could they really? We're off the yeah. subject, but that's cool. We do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. We're, we're now we're going to go into the margins on designer coffee, <laughs> right? Uh, who knew? Uh, you know, a show about spirituality <laughs> and designer coffee, and we're coming back to the premise, <laughs> the overall premise that that self help, and however well intentioned, assumes that there's something wrong with us, and what we're saying is there is in fact nothing wrong with you. So people come to you, GP, having tried pretty much everything. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, when they hit that that wall, really, how do you begin to work with them? How do you, how do you help them through this and and with accepting the premise that we're not broken? Well, I have to show them they're not broken. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Both cognitively and experientially. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if if somebody's more intellectually inclined, um, uh, I may start with just uh, explaining how the nervous system works, right? Very simply, right? How this happened, and this the natural adaptive capability of your energy system. If you yeah. if you put a child in any environment whatsoever they will adapt to that environment. If they can't, they die. It's that simple, right? And because the, 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 human, the human body and the human nervous system is, to date, the most adaptable uh, uh, naturally occurring structure in the universe that we know of, right? That's why we're so successful. We can adapt to anything, right? right. That adaptive capability is what and the natural need of the human child to be uh, be completely taken care of by its parents, completely vulnerable for years, right, mm-hmm. requires that the that the nervous system conforms itself to whatever that environment needs it to be in order to get its needs met. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so, for, as far as the nervous system is concerned, it is a simple matter of this behavior whether it be totally, even though it is totally natural to me, gets me in trouble. It earns me the displeasure, right? I cannot risk losing the attention and, um, and care of the caregivers. Therefore, this, this behavior, even though it's me, down in the basement it goes. It can't come out, right? And it will create alternative behaviors that aren't me, that are what is expected, act them out, and it gets its needs met. Because for, for your nervous system, uh, the number one job is survive, and it does not care how it does that. Yeah. Now, this is all happening before you can talk, before you can think, right? Before you can walk. All of this stuff is taking yes. place. So by the time our cognitive capabilities come online, these behaviors are so solidly solidified in the in the in the nervous system they're automatic right yeah they're reflex right right? oh yeah they they were not created through thought they were created in 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 the natural response to the system that you naturally assume that these behaviors are who you are and that's the soul disconnect that's how you get lost and that's the creation of what we call the ego Mm -hmm. now notice nothing is broken in this system it's functioning absolutely perfectly Yes. Everything has happened exactly according to design. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So show me where it's broken. It isn't broken. Now, the, now that just a little cognitive shift is the strategy that the nervous system came up with to keep you safe as a child, right? Doesn't work when you're adult. It's simply obsolete. right? Right. And what it had to sacrifice in order to do that, in order to maintain the bonding with the the tribe, it sacrificed your individuality, your authenticity, 
Mm. As an adult, what you need is your authenticity. Yes, you do. Your, your mm. real self. And there's the problem. There's nothing wrong with you, right? But you've got this incredibly powerful mechanism that thoroughly believes if the real you makes an appearance, you will die. <laughs> and it's not going to let that happen. Mm -hmm. And this is why we run into self-sabotage, self-judgment, all of these things to keep you from coming out. Right? Yeah. Now, experientially, it's actually very easy to have an experience of this. And mm -hmm. it simply starts. And in the beginning, everybody needs to be guided through this. Because remember, the nervous system is completely opposed to you getting in touch with any of this stuff that's down inside of you. <laughs> yes, right? for sure. Right? Yeah. Not because it doesn't like you, not because it, you know, is trying to make your life miserable, but because it is just dutiful in protecting you. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it says, if this comes up, I'm in trouble. I mean, it's still stuck in that world. It doesn't know that the war is over. Right? Yeah. And so the first thing you do is simply turn people into their bodies. Okay. You simply start to feel your own body. Mm -hmm. It's it is so direct and so simple, but you'll notice an enormous resistance to do it. Sure. You just put your attention on your in your feelings for a second, and immediately your mind will start chirping up about stuff. There'll be judgments. Oh, this isn't very good. How long is this going to last? Is this going to do anything for me? You know, how is this going to increase my bank account? All those stories will be there. Now, um, with with guidance. Just keep you there for a little bit, right? Yeah, right. Let the mind do that. That's what minds do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I don't need you right now. I'll be back. Don't worry. <laughs> right. But I'm just gonna. And little by little, suddenly something naturally begins to open up. We start to reconnect with our own feelings, and you feel the body for the first time. And the more you do this, the more aware you become, and the more aware you become the more you experience more stuff is going on and what's essential to this to this whole process is that because <laughs> this is one of the places where the where the, the self-help treadmill sneaks back in again mm -hmm. is i'm putting my attention on my feelings there's this almost silent there's almost this silent. oh if i get my attention on my feelings then i'll get fixed Mm, yeah, we still want to get fixed. Yeah. Mm. And there's this idea then that there's still I'm, I'm, I there's a I have an I have an agenda. I'm, I'm feeling so that something else will happen. And this is this is the most subtle and the most difficult chain to break, to bring you to this place where you're, you're feeling for no other reason than to feel. That's it. Right? As, uh, as one person uh, put it, we're, we're not trying to feel better. We're trying to get better at feeling. Okay. Yeah. So that you just let yourself feel with no agenda whatsoever, with no intention, with no mission, <laughs> nothing. Mm -hmm. It is a pure introspective meditation that is fulfilled by the act of doing it. It serves no other purpose. And when you are feeling yourself, listening to your body to what's going on inside of you without an agenda without seeking to change anything that's love that is unconditional love oh okay mm -hmm. and 
Love creates an inner space of safety. Because love is safe. The nervous system doesn't have to defend itself against love. <laughs> yeah. And what caused all of the conditioning and trauma, all the stuff in the first place? It wasn't safe to be yourself. <laughs> That's what made the adaptation take place. So what happens if this inner environment switches from danger to safety? Immediately the system is going to begin to adjust to it. It's going to, that's the new container. What, is, what does the system do? It adapts. It will immediately start to adapt to that new container. And as that happens, you will feel it. The whole body will relax. You know, you'll feel it. It is absolutely unmistakable as the body drops out of defense. Because uh, unwittingly, uh, all of these various kinds of, of, of self-help techniques are creating that sense of defense. If I'm going in with the fact that I'm broken, that's the same attitude my parents had, right? Yeah. That yeah. I had to respond to. Mm -hmm. And so what's it gonna do? It's just gonna dig in its heels. It's gonna double down, right? More of the For same. Sure. And of course, it knows how to deal with that perfectly, way better than you do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, it's perfectly yeah. defended it's... against all that, which is why it never works. Mm -hmm. It can smell it a mile away. But what, can, what happens if it's confronted with unconditional love? <gasps> Ah, everything just comes down. Now, when that happens, that door to your inner world begins to open up. And that's when all of the stuff comes up that we've regarded as demons and traumas. And it, it can be intense. It can be quite a revelation, but yes. this is depicted in myths as the underworld that you have to get access to. You mm -hmm. have to get access yeah. to it by going past the dragon, right? Yes. Or Kerberos, the three-headed dog that guarded the gates of, of Hades, the underworld. Right? Why would anybody want to go there that they need a dog, right? Three heads. <laughs> well, yeah, with three heads that sees yeah. everywhere. Oh, and snakes on his head and a serpent's tail. I mean, this is a, and a huge, I mean, this is a fierce beast. Oh, right? yeah. Um, he's guarding this underworld. He's guarding the real you protecting it from all of this onslaught. When you show up in total love, unconditional love, the dog starts to, the dog starts to just whimper, right? Yeah. It lets you in, it opens the door. And these disowned fragments of our soul can begin to begin to emerge. And at first they may seem kind of scary. Right? Sure. Oh yeah. I mean they yeah. they've been they've been characterized as scary. They've been characterized as demonic. Yes. That's one of the ways we kept them suppressed. Mm -hmm. like, no, I can't go there. I can't go there. And then you find this entire transformation takes place. They they transform from demons into angels right before your very eyes. And 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 that it's an experiential uh, process and it, it works very quickly. Um, and that's, that's, that's why I call it, it's an inner reconciliation. You're, yeah. you're reconciling with the, with yourself. You're, you're coming back into love and harmonious agreement with your, with yourself. And you find there's never been anything to, to fix. Mm -hmm. and all, it, all it needed was a loving environment that could respond to like any child would. Right? Yeah. Yes. And once people begin to have these experiences, 
and then though this applies to all all kinds of spiritual practices you know once people begin to have these experiences what are your suggestions for how people can remain in that and stabilize it because we go like we've talked about a few a few minutes ago to a retreat environment where we may have some profound experiences and realizations and then go back to work on monday so yes how does does one yeah and you're yelling at your wife oh yeah yeah (laughs) you're flipping off the guy in traffic absolutely what happened you cut me off right yeah 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 he cut me off Yes. Okay. The first thing is, again, there's nothing, you're, you're not broken. This is what happens. This is how it works. Yes. Right? Absolutely. You know, the, you know, the Hollywood stories of the great enlightenment, you know, he goes up in the mountain, comes back down, and, you know, he's like perfect from then on on. Just doesn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. It simply doesn't happen. Christ had his temptations, right? Uh, yeah, Buddha went through years of uh, austerity. No, for sure. Um, you know, the story of of real masters was not one of, of of this. You know, this, you know, this path strewn with rainbows and, and unicorns. Um, there's even one. There was even one um, uh, Hindu uh, sage. I can't remember his name right now. He was an assassin. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> had a spontaneous awakening. Yeah. I mean, mm. literally hundreds of people he had killed. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. Mm. Yeah. So there was no, you know, sitting on a cushion for 30 years or, or anything like that. It's a very spontaneous, a very spontaneous thing. And if you, when you're in the, the, the position of, of having some kind of a realization, the process of stabilizing that and beginning to abide there, um, is is actually the other half of inner reconciliation, right? Yes. You know, okay. First, the first half is to get you there. the The second half is to stabilize you there, to integrate these kinds of insights, um, because an insight uh, comes usually at the level of the of insight, right? The level of an aha moment, right? It is a it is a, a shift in perception. That happens by an opening of the mind, right? You, yes. you simply see things differently, right? Mm-hmm. And and a particular perspective that you really believed was true falls away, and a completely different vista opens up, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, that's wonderful, right? And you you feel it, you know it's true, right? You have no doubt. There's the clarity is just absolutely. You know it's true. Your body doesn't know it's true yet, though. Yes, <laughs> right. It's still mm-hmm. operating under the old assumptions. It's still operating as if the old version of you, the one you thought you were, is very much you. Because when we form a sense of identity, the entire nervous system now organizes itself around that. That's the center. So all the behaviors, its thoughts, its feelings, its sensations, its relationships, its, its interests, its desires, all revolve around this sense of self. It's, it's the, the ego is the center, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I've had an insight over here, that this ego isn't the center, this is, <laughs> right? The only thing that's going to happen over here is this is going to start to get unstable. Oh, yes, very. 
Mm-hmm. And what happens when your nervous system starts to be, feel threatened, right? Which it will, right? Because this insight is a direct threat to everything you thought you were. So what does it do? It doubles down. It contracts. Mm-hmm. It, try, it, it tries to deny what you saw. It diminishes it. It judges it, right? And so the first time you lose your temper, when you're supposed to be spiritual, it says, see, see, told you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because, yes. of course, that's its nature. It wants to keep things the same. Because, again, all it's trying to do is protect you. If you get that all it's ever trying to do is protect you, you won't feel bad about it anymore. You won't feel as if, right, you've done, you know, it's this horrible thing, demon trying to get you. It's, it's really your best friend trying to protect you. It's just overzealous. It's doing it in a way that doesn't give you any freedom. Right? For sure. So that yeah. means now the insight has to solidify for you. It has to be fed, it has to be nourished, it has to be encouraged, which is why there are things like sanghas and groups and communities, yes. right? Uh, so that so this can solidify and have an opportunity to begin to gently um, unseat the egoic mind uh, yeah. and replace it with this true, the true sense of self. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where all the work is. Right? Oh, yes. Right, because this, you know, you're talking layers and layers of behaviors, literally millions upon millions of programmed responses, all implementing this false sense of self. And all you've got is an insight, right? (laughs) You are definitely David and Goliath at this point. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right. But there's a, but over time, a conviction begins to grow. And what inner reconciliation does at this point is it establishes this very gentle and compassionate relationship between you and the ego, which is nothing but the organization of the nervous system as it is right now. The ego is not a thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's just how the nervous system happened to organize itself and it worked, kept you safe. And so it solidified. So now we're very, very gently taking little bricks out of it and replacing them with with other bricks in this atmosphere of love. We're creating an atmosphere of love. And in that atmosphere of love and acceptance, the system itself begins to see that "Mm, I don't really need this behavior anymore. Because that danger isn't there anymore. And it begins to dismantle, at which point you begin to start feeling the insight. Mm -hmm. It's moved down to the level of the heart. It's begun to to colonize the, the system. And yeah. over time, it can be a relatively short time, it can be, it can be decades, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it so permeates the whole system that, that it's, everything is reflecting this, the true self. Everything is reflecting the, the I am, the God self. And when that happens, we call that one a sage. Mm-hmm. It's just complete congruence all the way from insight to every little action. And of course, there's a point, there's a crossover point, right? Where it's still going to react, stuff flares up, programming gets triggered, but it no longer intimidates you. There's just kind of a smile. Yep, the kid had a tantrum again. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very gentle. It's very loving. No story gets created, right? If you get angry with somebody, it passes, right? If you get hurt, it passes. Nothing is held on to. 
And when there's nothing held on to, you find this energy is constantly coming and going. It doesn't stay, it doesn't stick, it doesn't last. And that's when you have the sensation of, of just really being free long before you're a sage. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And happily long before, or maybe long before. Oh, thank you know. God, yeah. <laughs> thank, well, it happens right away. That first feeling of freedom yeah. is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And as it begins to sink in, and 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 um, there's more and more just loving, uh, uh, loving, compassionate acceptance of the reactive patterns of the of the uh, nervous system. Um, they dissipate, and you know you can. It doesn't take long to turn the tide and yeah, have you exactly. walking in the right right direction. How long you're uh -huh. going to have to walk for? Who knows. Right. But you're heading in the right direction and you know it mm -hmm. yeah. because your life will begin to reflect it. Stuff yes. in your life will begin to manifest that, but it won't oh, be yeah. the kind of intentional manifesting that we like to think about. It will not be what yeah. you think you want because you don't know what you want because you're this because you think you're the one who doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then that can be such a hard thing for us is not not knowing our own best interest and admitting that we we don't know what we want we don't know what's don't. in our best no. interest yeah we don't mm -hmm. no and and when when you really get that you you will find that life is always uh benevolent it is it's always working in your best interest you didn't think it was because it was contrary to what you thought you wanted <laughs> <laughs> well, and that being the case, it's no wonder we're confused <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. Therein lies the whole confusion. How how come I'm not getting what I want? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We question the want. We like, oh, should I want something else? Or am I not wanting enough? Am I not doing it? But we never question the I that wants it. There you have it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there you have it. And guys tuning in here to this show, this is GP's signature program, Inner Reconciliation, that we've been discussing. And it's a very, very profound approach. And who knows how long we'll have to walk once the first realization occurs. But, well, we can both tell you it's a game changer. <laughs> it's a game changer. Yes. It is. It's. I mean, it's. 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 It, it's a happy trip just knowing you're headed in the right direction. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> There's water there. There wasn't any water there, right? That's a. That's a game changer all by itself. Yes. Yeah, it really is. And this is where lives become really profoundly changed because GP, as you mentioned, we begin to see this change reflected back in what appears to be our exterior life. Yes. Yes, inevitably, right? Mm -hmm. But it happens very naturally and, yeah. with, and really without intention. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I often refer to it as the wake of a boat. Oh, okay. Yes. You get in a boat, you're yeah. going to make a wake, right? Nobody gets in a boat in order to make a wake. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? that's very Just spin true. around in circles, right? Now teenagers mm -hmm. cutting cookies and things like that. Right? Sure. You get in a boat because you want to go somewhere, right? And the process of going there creates a wake, right? Mm -hmm. And now if I turn around and go, oh, wow, cool wake, I'm going to run into something, right? <laughs> I can't pay it. That's mm. not important. 
that's not important. So you keep your eyes on, on, where, you, on, where, you're, on where you're headed. And, and that means freedom, love, peace, stillness, compassion, all, all the best qualities of humanity is where we're headed and they begin to appear in your life. Mm -hmm. And as they do, they have an effect. Obviously, the, it, it, if, you have, if you begin to have this kind of benevolent self-acceptance for yourself, inevitably it's going to spill over into all of your other relationships. For sure. The truth you see about yourself, you realize it's the truth of everyone. Everyone has been experiencing this. So your just overall compassion for humanity in general goes up. Yeah. Your ability to be, to be wise and discerning increases. It's inevitable because this is at the heart of everything we're doing, right? This disconnect from ourselves has created the chaos in the world. It's it created the, con the, the confusion. It's created boys and men's bodies with really big weapons. It's created the, the, the deceitful politician. Um, it, it's created all of these. They're all suffering from exactly the same disconnect that you did, right? Right. Which opens your eyes to, the, to, to a wisdom that is capable. You may be called on, it might not, you may be called on to be a Gandhi. You, you may just make you know, a difference at a local PTA meeting, right? Or, yeah. or, or in your church, right? But it, it will it will profoundly ripple ripple forth. It can't it can't help it. It has to touch everything. Yes. And because it is completely loving, you know, the self hatred and everything has disappeared. It becomes other loving. And then you do fulfill what Christ had to say, which is love your neighbors as yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the love simply extends itself in this case. Yes. Yeah. And the wake of that boat just keeps going. Yes, that's a wake, and it's a fun one if you're water skiing to hop on and ride that one. Absolutely, By way of a, a nice visual. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, and GP, this is really wonderful because we've talked about inner reconciliation here on the show from time to time. But as if you're out there listening and this is the, your first exposure to this, this is GP's signature program, Inner Reconciliation. And more information can be found on GP's website, gpwalsh.com. Now, GP, when we were talking a few minutes ago here before we started to record, this show, you mentioned that you're working on a book for inner reconciliation and a group for men and a group for women. Is there anything that you'd like to say at this point about any of those? Oh, I'd love to. Um, All right. Yeah, the book is long overdue. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> inner reconciliation, at least as an understanding, before it was named inner reconciliation, came came into being for me probably about fifteen years ago now, okay. um, and has been developing over time. And I've developed courses, and I have on online courses, you know, video and audio stuff. I've got exercises for learning to allow and body awareness, and I've got countless meditations. I never set any of this down in a book. And I thought it was a high time that I did that. And um, I recently did a series of seven, eight videos uh, on just an introduction to uh, inner reconciliation, the premise, much of what we were sharing here, the premise of it, how it came into being, and, and a little bit more about my background and, uh, and the like. Um, and I, and um, I decided to uh, transcribe it and turn it into a book. 
I decided right. that would be a good basis as an introduction. So I, I, I call it End Suffering, Be Happy. Okay. Um, the, 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 an introduction to inner reconciliation. And, um, well, it's gone from uh, 60 pages of transcript to 150 pages now. And, uh, but I do think I'm kind of zooming in on the, at least what I think will be the, 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 the first, the first version to go to a real editor. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I am looking for a publisher. I don't want to self publish it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think it should be published somewhere else. And I, I've, my, I myself is one of the parts of my journey prior to inner reconciliation. Um, uh, got involved in the, the men's movement of the 90s. The, the, yeah, yes. The mythopoetic poetic movement of mm -hmm. Robert Bly and Iron John, um, Sam Keen. Um, I, I went through a couple of uh, two different male initiation rituals. Okay. Um, in, and, and, and discovered a whole realm. You know, when, when I first had my spiritual experience back in 1971, um, the only thing that was available to me was, was, uh, was Bible stuff, <clears throat> you know, was, and, in, in the Midwest and the U S that's all there was, mm -hmm. yeah, but I did have access to a lot of reference books and that sort of stuff. And I, I started to see the biblical or the Bible, not as a, as a historical document, because in fact, almost none of it has any evidence of ever happening. Right. <laughs> if you look at it archeologically, nothing of it actually happened. I mean, and I mean, none of it. It's, mm, right? yes. but it's, but um, <laughs> if you look at it mythologically, right, as stories that came out of different traditions to illustrate things and myths are just a profound way in which we learn and, and, yeah. and, uh, and um, adapt ourselves to a, and a culture to the environment as a whole, mm -hmm. um, I found I found the Bible absolutely fascinating as a book of mythology. Okay. Yes. Right. Well, I I kind of left that all that behind. I went through some other different kinds of things, some psychological stuff, a period of times or a period of time where I was just working a lot on on, on other things. And then in the mid nineties, uh, with the mythopoetic movement, I again. My interest in mythology uh, got uh, got fed, All right. and mm -hmm. I started diving into the various archetypes of the of the male psyche, the female psyche. You know, the child, the boy, the man, and all these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. You know, king, warrior, magician, lover. Um, yeah, the, the archetypes, many of which were identified by 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 Freud, but have been around for thousands of years prior to that as they appeared in countless and countless myths. Um, and so that whole kind of that whole thing got rekindled for me. I was in uh, a, a men's group for five years, which was the first time in my life I'd ever had that kind of close um, supportive relationship with men. We don't normally do that. Yeah, we have right. friends, you know, we play a game, we go have a couple beers at the pub, we make fun of each other. And then we do it again next weekend. Um, then rarely is it the kind of thing where you really could trust your life to them. Whereas, yeah. whereas in, the, in our hunter gatherer phase, you did. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you literally were trusting each other with your life. So to becoming a man was a, was a very specific process, different from being a boy to get a boy out of that and into that capacity where he could be trusted. Yes. with your life 
was was a process and um and 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 so I, for five years i i was with these these guys we met once a week for three hours we talked we had um goal buddies during the week okay. um where that we would talk every single day right um we would set goals for ourselves and if we didn't meet those goals we would we would have to pay some kind of a penalty we'd be regarded as out of integrity with the tribe Okay. And we would have to do, and it was an incredible experience of watching my little bullshitter come up, my manipulator, you know, all those little, little, little things that in the presence, in the presence of, of men whom you cr truly come to trust, they just can't stand the light of day. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. if one, if one person you trust tells you you're full of shit, you can blow them off. But if five men <laughs> you trust tell you, you're probably full of shit. Right? And to be in that kind of a safe environment where you could be called out the way only men can call you out mm -hmm. um, exactly. was a, such a huge, powerful transformation for me. Okay. And yeah. I've, I've, I've just seen how, how little there is of that. And, and in the intervening years, it's been 20 years since I've been a part of that. Um, it's worse. Agreed. Yes, it's it's worse, yeah. and mm -hmm. and now it's to the point where the the social structures have totally collapsed. That men have no idea who they are. It's actually easier um, uh, for a woman for a, a girl to become a woman. Yes, it is. If you no look doubt. at it, if you look at it traditionally, the 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 boy and the girl, as as children, are are they have the same, exact same needs. They're same emotional level and. All that and all that kind of stuff. They need the same kind of mothering. They need different fathering, right? The relationship with the daughter and the son is 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 is, is different. But there comes a certain point at which um, the boy has to leave his boyhood behind, you know. Because traditionally, hunter gathers, the girl was going to stay in the world of women. She was going right. to have babies and which was not what we think of it not the homemaker i mean this is the center of manufacture they made everything they, they everything this was not you know this was not donna reed right <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but the boy had a complete you know the boy had a completely different job in the world so he had to be taken out of that world right and 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 taught how to be a man there's a wonderful wonderful uh movie back in 1985 it was called the emerald forest Yes, and it was about mm -hmm. a young white boy, a very young white boy, who uh, gets he gets lost. His parents get killed or something, and he gets adopted by a tribe of Aboriginals who mm -hmm. raised him as one of their own. And at one of the crucial moments in the movie, that he's you know he's hit puberty, and there's this very pretty little girl, right? Mm -hmm. And they're playing together in the uh, by the river, and uh, suddenly the 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 chief of the tribe shows up. They've noticed the the shenanigans going on, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, be, between the between the the young couple, and uh, across the river, the 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 chief shows up with a couple of other of the elders, and the boy's mother, and he and he calls him Tommy. It is time for you to die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the kids turn, and mother says, "No, does he have to die? Does he?" She plays right along with the whole thing. Yeah, right? yes. Yeah. And off they drag, off they drag him. They put him through this, you know, horrendous ordeal, right, where he literally has to come face to face with his own death. Right. In this particular case, I think they tie him up 
uh, onto the ground, cover him with red ants and leave yeah, him for the night. Ants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he survives, of course. They're not going to kill him. He's just, he's just spent the whole night uh, dealing with his own terror and the reality of his mortality, which means his dependence upon the tribe, mm-hmm. his interdependence with the tribe. Um, and then in the morning, he's, he's given some kind of a hallucinogenic in which he has to go to seek a vision for his life. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's such a graphic illustration because we don't have anything like that anymore. Right. We don't. Yeah. And as a result, the, I can say for the most part, the, the world is, is definitely not for the most part run by boys and men's bodies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, oh, and yeah. they're governed by that kind of boy psychology. And this, this is the state we are in. And so um, I really felt this calling and plus, plus I have a lot of women saying, could you please teach these men how to be men? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of calling for that. There is a lot of oh, calling. Man. The women are disappointed. Yeah. Oh, they're, for sure. they're forced for into sure. a role they don't want to be. They're tired of Peter Pan, uh, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes. and it's like, can you just grow the fuck up? And of course they can't, they don't know how, because right. boys don't just grow the fuck up. They have to be turned into men. Exactly. And of course I can't take them out in time to a, you know, a hill of fire ants now. Well, with the proper <laughs> so, waivers, I don't know. No. Yeah. But what do you, no? so what do you do? Right. Or you can get in like that one guy who, you know, who was, uh, who was a fault shaman. He thought he wasn't, he wasn't end up for killing four people in a sweat lodge. Right. Um, very irresponsibly. Um, so how do you do it now? Well, it's got to be a psychological journey. Yeah. It's got to be an inward journey where you're facing mm-hmm. these demons in a setting where you can, but you're not let off the hook. And I had that experience with this men's group. Right? Okay. And, and it was like that. It was hard to hide. I tried. <laughs> of, co- of course. Of course. Oh, yeah. I tried. Yeah. yeah. And the, the male initiation rituals that I went through are the same way. They just make it impossible for you to hide. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, put you under these kinds of stress, take away your identity and all sorts of things, uh, and then be reunited again. Um, so, uh, I'm putting together, a, a workshop for men okay. to try to introduce them to this approach and okay. to expose to them their own boy psychology. All right. And it's, it's rampant, right? The boy psychology, mm-hmm. look, what are the most popular movies, uh, um, in, and going coming out of Hollywood, superhero movies, mm-hmm. comic books, for right? sure. Yeah. yeah, comic books are 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 infantile mythologies. The hero is immortal; they're indestructible, right? They only have like one flaw, and that's just enough so they have a villain, which they vanquish every single time. Right? Of course, yeah. they are not mortal. They are loners. They answer to nobody. They always know what's right or wrong. They have no interdependence whatsoever. They are superior to all others, especially women, mm-hmm. unless of course, it's another superhero woman, right. which, which is they have a whole, a whole a different kind of thing. And this is this has been picked up and amplified in video games, which are all which are all boyhood mythologies. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I die, I got another yeah. life. I'm going to grab another I grab another life. You're never mm-hmm. vanquished. You know, it keeps right. going over and over again until you get to the top. The idea that this is the end never, never occurs to them. 
and and which is why for anybody who's actually become a man ga uh, video games are the most boring thing in the whole world yes uh, they are <laughs> they're they're right. so trite they're so trivial and repetitive mm -hmm. it's like what's this right right no. but then there are those that are yeah. struggling somebody you know, people who do extreme sports you know okay right you know, yeah right it's still boyish yeah. right because it's an attempt it's an attempt to um to prove something right without because it's an internal shift that becomes a man not an external action um and they're nice but nonetheless that's exactly what they're trying to do they're trying to they're trying to confront death right because no one has brought them to the point where they actually have to and and it's beautiful because that's the meaning behind the resurrection it's mm. the meaning behind uh, all sorts of mythologies where somebody you know dies and comes back or they're they, they're, they're in their belly of a whale they're sunk to the bottom of the sea yeah. all of these places where there's no return um but then mystically things happen a mentor shows up they're giving some some magic powers and they manage to 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 get through the ordeal but what's interesting in most of them after this you know they've come through all of this they've realized these these as on their way back all of the special powers they have go away they they lose them all and they come back just as themselves mm -hmm. To to show the real point, it's the this is the real power. It's, yes. It, and and so it just became really interesting. Now on the woman side, it's a completely different mythology, um, and uh, <laughs> softer, gentler, receiving. It's a different kind of power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. But mythologically speaking the feminine is the highest right as joseph campbell put it beautifully he says woman is life men are the protectors of life yeah yes that this the that it was even in, in hinduism which has just got more gods than you can count it, it was the feminine principle the mysterious formless feminine principle that gave birth to all the gods so so the ultimate uh, the highest is is the feminine aspect even in the book of genesis right where you see all of creation ascending right through the through the creepy things on the earth to the mammals to man finally woman <laughs> woman is the last <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in 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 the whole story right god's been kind of improving on the on the design yes, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's a very different thing that women have to step into and it's incredibly difficult for them because in order for a woman to fully step into her 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 power and her and her goddessness she needs her protector exactly and there ain't many of us to come by right no, now they're not no we're few very few and mm -hmm. and and so it, it's it's particularly uh difficult at this juncture because they're forced to be something that they're not and then you end up getting these incredibly horrible distortions like a Mar margaret thatcher or hillary clinton um which should just yeah. really distorted the distorted feminine right you know, they're that, that have become the shrew they've be they've become a cruella de vil right mm-hmm they have they have indeed and the world's full of 
examples of that as well yes. as of boys in men's bodies turns out a lot of them are in politics but we won't get too far into that <laughs> <laughs> they, well they they tend they they're they're drawn to external power and the power mm -hmm. over others precisely yeah it's yeah. an addiction they are yeah. well and, and gp this has really been a, a wonderful a wonderful take on specific issues specific work facing men and women so these are these are workshops that you're developing and can we tell the listeners when they might expect to see more information on this um well uh more information will be coming as i'm developing it um mm -hmm. I, the workshop for men i'm expecting to be somewhere in october november time frame and the the women's will be a couple weeks after that okay um uh, it depends on how there's so much information it's whittling it down to a workshop um, sure. is the is is the problem <laughs> i'm str I, i'm i'm struggling with where can mm -hmm. i get the most bang for my buck mm -hmm. out of kind of bringing yeah. some uh, bringing a, a boy into a into an experience of his manhood mm -hmm. um uh, I, I haven't found the magic the magic bullet yet yeah. um if they go to my site cheapywalsh.com and just at the bottom, you can register for uh, a free ebook, Angels in the Basement, which is all about yes. these things. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll be on the mailing list, and I will be letting people know about it. I just announced wow. that it was going to happen, I think, today. Oh, okay. Um, Fabulous. Yeah, that officially it is going to happen. All right. <laughs> I'm cool. Just, uh, I'm just not exactly sure of all the the details of it. No, yeah. Plus, somewhere in there, I've I've got to make I've got to try to make a chip trip to Germany to solidify a place to live. Ah, ah. so Fantastic. yeah, it's got to fit all of that in as well. Yeah. Well, then there are always there are always a world of uh, this a world of ideas out there, and um, you know, uh, listeners, GP has been at this for decades. That's a lot of content. Okay. And <laughs> it's, a lot of it's a lot of content. It's great. And it's all wonderful <laughs> content, including the ebook Angels in the Basement and Inner Reconciliation that we've talked so much about on this show. All of these details are available on GP's website, gpwalsh.com. And GP, this has been really wonderful and entertaining. And I always learn a great deal when we sit down and just start talking. So thank you so much for joining me here today. Oh, what a pleasure, Tomas. It's always good to, uh, to, to speak. You're so open and we can just go anywhere. <laughs> we literally can. And if you've heard us before, yeah. feel welcome to listen to some of the back episodes too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We not only can, we do. We, you know, you can and you do. And if you can, why not do? Why not do? Why not do? Yep. Yeah. We love it. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Tomas Garza, and this has been my very special guest and regular contributor, GP Walsh. Again, gpwalsh.com is the site to go to. And GP, thank you so much again for joining me. 